Welcome back. You're watching Trade of the Week. And for today's segment, we're looking at local-based international companies. I'm joined by hedge fund manager Luis Ombeta for a technical analysis on Woolworths, Bidcorp and Motors. Thank you so much for your time, Luis. So, of course, uh, we start off with an overview of how these counters have performed uh, compared to one another and also the market using 2020 really as our reference point. Of course, we know the big sell-off. Um, and you look at these different counters and the 2020 sell-off really affected them in different ways. Uh, you had Woolworths really suffering uh, because of lockdowns in Australia, uh, of course, uh, with the exposure of David Jones. And also you had uh, Motus um, with the lockdowns. Uh, vehicle sales were non-existent at the time. And they were also really um, battered by supply chain issues as well. And then you also had Bitcorp that uh, supplies food services to restaurants, hotels across the world. And of course, we did have the tourism restaurant industry really um, challenged by the lockdowns of 2020 of course has made a comeback but we'll get to that later but let's take a look at that bird's eye view yeah okay so i think um, all three of these counters have got a pretty uh, good presence internationally as you mentioned and you can see that um, all three of them including the all share took a nasty dip in early 2020 as a result of that global um, covid19 market sell-off but we can see in green, Woolies has made a very, very strong recovery, actually outperforming the other two uh, and the All Share Index. And over this period is up uh, currently 62%. But the dark horse has really been Motors. And we know Motors unbundled from Imperial. And they've had a very, very stellar run as well. And during this period, up 58% relative, uh, compared to the JSE um, All Share, which is up 40%. But the laggard has actually been Bitcorp. We can see that it has generally been moving sideways, but it only really caught my attention most recently, as we can see that the share has had a strong rally recently. And last week they did release a trading update, but we will unpack this rally in more detail when we look at the technicals. Mm. So when you look at the frequency of distribution, uh, nothing out of the ordinary, a textbook uh, bell-shaped curve, but what is interesting is we can see that when it comes to the big gains as well as the big losses, Motors has got more observations. So just from looking at this, you would probably be um, tilted to believing that uh, Motors is the more volatile okay. of the three counters. But to get a proper sense of that, that's where you run the regressions. And we can see that over this period, Bitcorp has a beta coefficient of 1.01, .01, so almost the same as the market, and a correlation coefficient of 0 0.622, which is pretty moderate. And Motors, as you can see, a beta uh, 1.016, so just slightly above Bitcorp, and really not that much different to the market, which has a beta of 1, but much less in terms of correlation, only coming in at 0 0.37. And lastly, Woolies beta coefficient 0 0.9, so low beta, less than the market, but also very low correlation at 0 0.5. So all three counters generally uncorrelated to, uh, to the market, mm -hmm. which is what you want for diversification purposes. Okay. And in terms of uh, volatility as measured by beta, not much different really mm. to the market. Yeah. Well, let's drill into the technical picture. Of course, this is when um, you really give uh, uh, investors insights on a kind of when to buy. Of course, we have had quite a strong recovery when it comes to Bidcorp, of course, with the reopening of the economies. 
and they actually recently came out with a trading update, quite positive, and you saw that rally there. Um, of course, I, I spoke to an analyst uh, last year, and he was actually saying, because you know how these South African companies that go offshore, that kind of strategy really does go awry, where they have to pull back, as we have seen with Woolworths also um, selling David Jones there in Australia in December last year. Bitcorp really seeming like one of the more successful ones in terms of that strategy. So let's just uh, go through each of these counters and see what the technical picture looks like. Yeah. So the beauty of technical analysis, again, is anyone can read fundamentals, read the news, do their own research. But what matters is what does the broader market um, think of you, those fundamentals, and all of that really gets captured in the share price performance. Mm -hmm and in the price action. So I've never been a fan of uh, Bitcorp technically. Um, since listing back in 2017, the share price has generally moved sideways. It hasn't really um, shot the lights out. Okay. And it's only now most recently that it had this uh, spike. And when I look at this advance from March 2020, this low at 171, the share price has been very choppy with a lot of overlays. And from a, an earlier wave perspective, this can be labeled as a leading diagonal, which I've labeled as waves one to five. So ironically, we just got the trading update last week, which yeah. really didn't say much besides saying um, expected um, headline earnings up, say, um, above 20%, yes. but it really didn't give much in terms yeah. of detail. And that they've experienced strong growth across yeah. all the regions. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Yeah. And the share price rallied aggressively. Now the question is, is now still a good time to jump in and buy Bitcoin? I don't think so, because when I look at this pattern, it's actually at the terminal point, yeah. which is the fifth wave. So I'm actually forecasting a pullback to complete a higher degree wave two. And when I zoom in on the daily chart, I can see that from this uh, wave four low in March 2022, this share has actually made a textbook AB and the C wave has actually unfolded in waves one, two, three, four, five. So in textbook approach, and this uh, big spike here is what was triggered by the trading update. Mm -hmm. So from a fundamental perspective, yes, the trading update was good. Mm. But from a trend perspective, it's coming at the terminal point of a much bigger pattern, which yeah. actually started way back in March 2020, uh, March 2020 after the COVID-19 sell-off. So as much as the update was good, I don't yeah. think now is a good time to jump in and chase momentum. I'm actually saying that uh, there's a high probability that Bitcoin has peaked in the short to medium term. Mm -hmm. And irrespective of what um, the actual results come out to be, I'm still forecasting a pullback in the short to medium term. So I'm saying be very cautious on trying to chase the momentum. If you're not already in the stock, yeah. now probably not the best time to buy. <sighs> Terrible news, <laughs> <laughs> because I was thinking of going in there. <laughs> yeah, no, no. So, so uh, Motors, um, since listing 2018, hammered by the COVID-19 sell-off, but has actually had a very, very strong recovery from April 2020. And again, in textbook fashion, I can see that the share made a strong uh, or a mild wave one, two, had a very strong rally for wave three, a pullback for wave four. But what's concerning is the further rally since this uh, wave four low has also been very choppy and generally more sideways compared to this very strong wave three advance. And in typical t um, Elliott wave perspective, I'm actually labeling this as an ending diagonal. Now an ending diagonal is also a terminal pattern. So when I'm looking at this from the market structure, 
there is still potential for further upside. But what I'm saying is it's also in its terminal mm. uh, um, advance. So currently, probably not the optimum time to buy in. I would also be looking for a deeper pullback. And to add to this sort of view of uh, potential trend reversal, we can see here I've got my trusted MACD indicator, which is a momentum indicator. And we can see that from this point here, when the price uh, had this pullback, did make a new significant high, but the indicator has not confirmed this new high. So what we have here is a situation where prices have continued to make higher highs, but the indicator has made lower highs, and this is a situation we call bearish divergence. Mm -hmm. Now, it doesn't mean that the market is going to reverse um, instantly and um, have a, a, a strong pullback, but it is a caution that the buying momentum is sort of subsiding, ah. waning, and we should anticipate a correction. And as we've always said, markets don't move in one direction. They go up and they go down. Yeah. So this is almost like a precursor of a pending uh, pullback. So not the optimum time as well to be jumping into when it comes to motors. And lastly, um, Woolies. Now we touched on Woolies last year, back in March, and I emphasized that this huge bear market, which was characterized by this sequence of lower lows and lower highs, had been broken after uh, the share price made this higher high. And I said that um, we can forecast upside going forward. And what we have seen has been a very, very strong rally. And there was a bit of consolidation. But when I look at the market structure and looking at this previous all-time high in November 2015 and looking at the price momentum as well as this uh, recent breakout from this consolidation, I'm actually forecasting that Woolies would most probably um, re uh, retest that previous all-time high. So I'm still seeing potential upside in Woolies. And I think also with the restructuring of the group, getting mm -hmm. rid of um, the underperforming uh, yeah. businesses, I think that uh, will also add in terms of um, tailwinds. So yeah. I'm more bullish on Woolies in the short to medium term and I'm more cautious on the other two to yeah. say rather wait for the right time to buy. Woolies is such an interesting one, especially when you get a uh, different analysis on uh, the strategy uh, that they've had over the, the past few years. I mean, uh, in 2020, 2021, there's also quite a lot of debate on whether they should still um, have the beauty and clothing business. And of course, um, uh, questions on David Jones as they were going through the lockdowns and just so many losses there. At some point, people were even asking, should Woolies just be concentrated in food? But obviously, we also know that that's not quite an easy feat because mm -hmm. there's so much competition in the landscape. Yeah. And of course, because in a landscape such as South Africa, they appeal to the... Um, upper upper LSM market, yeah. exactly, exactly. So it's been quite a, a, an interesting one, really reading what analysts have to say about the strategy. But it really looks like there's quite a lot of positive um, optimism, or uh, yeah, optimism on on the stock. So quite interesting. But let's get to the fundamentals, um, and for that, you're going to be looking at motors. Yeah. So I want to look at motors um, in isolation. I think. Um, Woolies and Bitcorp are very, very well covered. There's a lot of um, information there. But there's something that really struck me when I was uh, doing a lot of reading on motors. And what I found to be surprising, looking at how well the share price has performed, when I started um, reading on previous trading updates and looking at all the results when they listed, I've actually picked up there's been more headwinds than there have been tailwinds. Mm. Now, when you look at the the sector that they operate in, it's in the vehicle space, yeah. vehicle um, 
distribution, uh, supply, um, rentals. And I just want to show something here very quickly, which is from trading economics, but the data actually comes from NAMSA, which tracks all the sales in the car industry. We can see here we've got the tot uh, um, SA total vehicle sales. And it's a very erratic uh, chart that we see over the last two years. And we can see that this is not a sort of a parabolic increase. It's, it, it's really pretty flat and generally um, erratic. So I'm not seeing real growth in terms of the uh, vehicle sales. It's pretty yeah. uh, flat but erratic. And when I looked at the revenue versus the profit margins for motors, you can see that since uh, 2018, and this is all in six months, so I'm not looking at annual, th this is all six months, very, very little growth uh, from 2018 to the last results, which came out in June 2022. And we can see the margins have always been very, very low single digits, um, ranging from, say, 2%. And even though recently we've seen a, a, a steady increase, it's still at only 4%. So my question here really is, and as a hedge fund mm -hmm. manager, as you mentioned mm -hmm. and earlier, I'm not just looking at how the share price has performed. I'm not just looking at um, the numbers per se. I'm also looking at the profit drivers and I'm asking, is this an industry that's really going to provide growth going okay. forward? And if you look at it now, we are in this high inflation, high interest rate environment. A lot of people are not really using cars as much and uh, yeah. you've seen what's happened with our fuel price and the impact that's had exactly. on traveling. So there's a lot more car sharing. There's a lot more uh, um, 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 other strategies which people are using. So the macro avoid. environment so is not looking supportive. The macro is not looking supportive at all. Yeah. So when I look at the share price performance and I'm looking at the fundamentals, without having dug deep yet, I'm already seeing a potential disconnect. Okay. And I'm saying... Before you jump into motors because yeah. of the uh, historical performance of the share, you really need to look at the macro picture in, uh, in, in, in more detail uh -huh. and ask yourself at current valuations, is the share price um, overvalued or is it fairly valued? Okay. And I'm a bit skeptic um, on the future prospects yeah. on, on, on this sector. So this is something that really intrigued me and calls for sort of a more on, of a deep dive. Okay. But I'm a bit skeptic when it comes ah. to motors going forward, yeah. Okay, well, thank you very much, Loiso, for your analysis on those three counters. Really, really appreciate it. And that was Unum Capital's hedge fund manager, Loiso Mbeta.